What up, everybody? Welcome back to Good Company. Uh, we got a real, real nice one for you guys today. Uh, I talk about not fearing no man. Fear no man. <laughs> right? Not, <clears throat> not fearing no man. Fearing the no double man. negative, man. The deg- yeah. Not fearing no man. Fear no man. Right? Fear I no talk. Man. I talk about fear no man um, and, and what it'll do for you. And uh, I share, and that's a hey, that's biblical talk. It right? is. We're talking. We're talking about don't fear people. Yeah, we're talking about pe- don't fear. Anybody. So ladies, you're included. Don't. Steve's always with the inclusive shit. I love it. Um. Yeah. It's and 2019, baby. <laughs> stay woke. Stay woke, son. <laughs> um. Yeah, man. Not putting people on a pedestal or giving people too much power over you. I share a little story about, uh, my. Uh, experience as a walk-on in division one college football and uh having to deal with with somebody that uh i had to um i had to take off a pedestal i had to learn how to deal with and and uh not fear anymore so i share that story and uh steve what did you talk about uh i talked about imposter syndrome Mm, that's right and uh, you're just going to have to stay tuned to figure out what that is. Ooh, I'll leave him with a little hanger. Mm-hmm. Little, mm-hmm. Te- little teaser. Mm-hmm. I like it. We out. Today topic i want to touch on uh it's kind of twofold but leads back into the same thing it's the topic of imposter syndrome as well as the need for us to be before we can become Mm. or vice versa however you want to look at it uh the way to start it off and get it in people's minds as to what i'm talking about is to to realize that a lot of us think that once we have, then we will do. So once we get the raise, then we'll work harder. Once we look lean and fit, then we'll stay exercising daily and eat healthy. Uh, once we have friends, then we'll be friendly. Once we have money, then we'll be generous. Mm. Once we're successful, then we can be happy. Mm. And everyone's always waiting for the external validation before doing the internal work. But it's always the opposite. We must first become internally and then act accordingly. Only then will the outward validation arrive. So one of my favorite examples of this, love him or hate him, try to look past this, is Tom Brady. And that's because I don't know how many people have seen uh, the Brady Six. We will link that in the show notes. Check it out in the (laughs) show notes. It's a good documentary Mm -hmm. um, because it shows this absolute underdog i mean maybe some people have seen his uh what's it called nfl combine footage when he's standing there with his shirt off looking like unbelievably skinny yet soft and pudgy at the same time and (laughs) slow and pale and just really like i was like the the antithesis the antithesis of an athlete (laughs) absolutely like i was like dude the punters probably look better than this guy you know what i mean like they're probably more impressive and uh, you know, and then you go back and you hear 
in college, he was not even a clear starter until I think it was his senior year. He like sh- he didn't play, and then he like shared time with another guy. And I mean, he was good, but not anything that anybody was really talking about because he got drafted at 199, mm. and like his draft report was weak arm or something like that, and poor decision making. I I can't remember like slow, unathletic, whatever it was. It was not a very pretty report. Mm-hmm. And so he got picked 199. I think that's the last round. And uh, he went to a team where they had just signed a then record deal for Drew Bledsoe, their all-star quarterback. And so he comes in, he's four string, barely makes the team that first year. The next year, Drew Bledsoe gets hurt. Tom Brady takes over and takes him and wins a fucking Super Bowl. Right. It doesn't yeah. make sense. <laughs> right. Right. Because you see a lot of these guys and they get their chance to come in and they choke mm-hmm. so bad. And so I had to think, okay, what was this guy doing in order to be ready for that? Because mentally there has to be like I don't know if anybody's watching the US Open right now, but you'll see these tennis players when they play these greats and when they feel they have nothing to lose, if they're down in a set or um, it's not really quite real yet. They'll play w- to win and not to not lose, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And they'll hit shots. And then as soon as it gets real, like let's say there's a tiebreaker on the set or something, you see them just fall apart. Mentally, they're not prepared to, to actually win. Mm-hmm. And so if Tom Brady didn't do all the mental work, there's no way he's going to win a Super Bowl, let alone six. So... I kept thinking about like why why that is. What did that mean that he had to do? Because I'm sure a lot of people were like, Tom, dude, you probably don't have a future in the NFL. I mean, maybe you'll make practice squad. Maybe you'll be a backup guy the whole time. But, you know, why are you spending all this time watching film? Why are you spending all this time out there practicing and like relax a little bit, man, or like find another avenue or, or get a backup plan or who knows what people were saying. Um, we probably all had someone who's kind of hated on a dream. Usually it's a family member or someone closest to you, right? I can think of when I was I was a kid. Well, maybe I was like, no, I, I was probably in my 20s, actually. And uh, we went through a phase where, uh, like Chase and I, the, <laughs> the guests we had on, where we were like uh, this, this bodybuilder guy named Ziz. And he was kind of like outspoken about how buff he was and this and that. And so I started to act like that to kind of motivate myself. And uh, my brother like tore me down saying, dude, you're not in shape. You're not this. Quit acting like that. And he just, he crushed me in and stole all my enthusiasm away. Mm. Mm. And it's dumb to think that, but like I let it happen. Because I was like, oh, he's right, dude. I have to like look the part before I can act like that. And then I stopped doing what it takes to get to that point. I was, I then decided because there was some doubt going on, I had to wait for external validation. And that's usually in the signs of the results that we get from the hard work Mm -hmm. produced from thinking we're that kind of person. Right. So that's when it comes back to beware of imposter syndrome. Um, it's hard to act like a champion when you're not a champion. Mm-hmm. When you haven't had the Super Bowl trophy, how do you act like a Super Bowl champion? 
And the problem is you will never be a Super Bowl champion if you don't act like you are that caliber of person because no one ever falls into greatness. Right. It's so, so huge, man. It is. It really is. Um couple other, let's see. Oh, yeah, here's here's a great example. I'm going to bring Tom Brady back in again because the way he works, this makes a lot of sense, um, why he's had the success he has. He finishes out the season with his practice schedule the same way no matter what. So if his team doesn't make it into the playoffs or something, he will continue practicing as if they were going to the Super Bowl. And he will do that by himself all the way through the Super Bowl. So every year, regardless of whether they make the playoffs, make it to the semifinals, or make it all the way to the Super Bowl, he's practicing the same way. Yeah. And practices through. And it makes sense why he's mentally prepared. Mm. Because he's literally physically and mentally showing that he's a Super Bowl champion every year, proving that to himself. Whether or not you see it externally. Right. Whether or not his team's there. Yeah, dude. It's like you have to embody what you want to become. Like you have those actions have to equate to the person that you're trying to be. Even if you're not completely there yet. It's so funny. I read this. You never will be. Dude. Before. I, one, of my, one of my favorite books um, is High Performance Habits by Brendan Burchard. Link it in the show notes. Show. Check it out. Um, and I remember when I first read it a couple of years ago, um, it you know it talks about these six habits that high performers across several different industries all do. Okay. And uh, I remember after reading it the first time, I was like, fuck, dude, I'm not a high performer. You know what I mean? But this is what I'm trying to get to. So I guess this is a good book. And then I read it for a second time, right? But in between then, I started emulating all those things. I started, um, I started picking up those habits or at least trying to do those things. Right. And the second time I read it around, I was like, I'm a fucking high performer, dude. Like that's, that's what I am, you know? And it wasn't until I started taking those actions and acting as if that was who I was. Um, it wasn't until then that I started believing that I was an actual high performer and, mm-hmm. and, and the results showed and it, and it's, it's like you said, dude, you can't, you can't have that validation before you put in the work or you can't be that person before you, uh, pay the price. Right. And so it, it's crazy, man. And I remember, and I, this is like recently, I, a couple months ago, I was reading it and there was just like this, like, this like enlightenment of like I'm not there yet like I'm not there where I want to be but my mindset from the first time reading the book to the second time reading the book was completely different the second time I read it I was like man I'm well on my way I am well on my way and I'm Mm -hmm. gonna be there the first time I read it was like damn like I'm I'm nothing like this you know what I mean and so it's crazy man so you got to put in the work you absolutely got to put in the work first. You do. And a lot of it's mental, but at the same time, the physical work too is kind of what's going to validate in your mind that mm-hmm. you're on your way. Yeah. Um, so you have to, like, if let's, I like the sports examples are easy. Um, well, let's bring an author in. Let's say an author, right? 
Like an author has to write a book yeah. before they're going to be an author. You can't just like get a book deal, never <laughs> writing anything. And they're like, yeah, dude, I think you're an author. I see it in you. Right. You, my friend are an author. Let's give you a book deal. And yeah. You can write this book, but, but you have to write the book first. Yeah. You, and you also have to act as if you are an author and write some shit, you know what I mean? You do. Yeah. You do. Let me, let me quote Lizzo on this. Uh, when she says, when she says, I'm a hundred percent that bitch, you know what I mean? It's yeah. so funny. I was having this yeah. conversation with my sister and she was like, I was a hundred percent that bitch yesterday. And I was like, what do you mean? And she's like, you know, I got up, I worked out at five. I came back. I made breakfast for the family. I got them all to school. I got to work. I like crushed it. And that was her definition of being a hundred percent that bitch. Nice. You know what I mean? And it was nice. like, yeah, dude, that's what it is, you know, because you have this ideal of yourself and, and, and you have to try to constantly live up to it. And that's perfect. Like if you're not constantly trying to live up to something, you're not striving, uh, hard enough. Right. Right. You just made me think of, uh, of Matthew McConaughey, little video is uh, Oscar speech. Link in, show Link in the show notes. <laughs> it's so good. He talks about that. Oh, like I love chasing that. after something. Yeah. So, um, yeah, man, it's it's true. Uh, it makes me think of like overweight people going to the gym. You know, it's it can be really hard because you can feel like you don't belong or like, you know, it's crazy back in the day. I mean, I probably still do this, too, sometimes unknowingly or knowingly. But you look at someone really overweight, like let's say like they're pretty overweight and they're at the gym. You're like, you don't belong here. You're like, what the hell is what does that mean? <laughs> fucking dick, dude. I'm just saying, dude, I think everybody I think more people think that than they realize. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And right. and it's it's because it's true. Like they're they're clearly not a person who's been at the gym very much. Mm. Yeah. But you, that doesn't mean they don't belong. You mean it in like the truest sense. Like you haven't been here. This is not where you usually go, kind of thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then in your mind you're just like, you don't belong here. <laughs> And it's messed up if you leave it at that, right? But it's the same thing as, let's say, someone at church. Let's say there's a sinner, right. and they're at church. Mm. And you're like, dude, you don't belong here, man. Mm. Us good Christians, we're the ones that go to church. Mm. And it's like, no, dude. <laughs> you're, mi you're missing the whole fucking po point, right? You're missing yeah. the boat. Yeah. Yeah. Just because you're somewhere, uh, like, externally doesn't mean that they're not the person. Like, you just have to realize those outward actions are what get you to the place you want to be. Mm. And, th and then the external validation will come. Mm. So if you're an author and you've finally written a book, well, go ahead. Are you going to say something? No, no, no. Go ahead. Okay. Say so if you've, if you, you're an author, you've written a book. The problem is it never ends Ugh. unless you let it end. Yeah. Because you can make it, uh, we'll do the author example real quick and you can write your book. And then if you don't make the bestseller list, then all of a sudden you're like, I'm not a real author. It mm. was just kind of like a fun little gig or, uh, unless you have the sales to back it up, you don't believe that it's a good book. If you make it to the NFL, but you don't start, you're not really an NFL guy. You're just kind of like on the team. If you, you know, it's, and so you have to mentally accept who you want to be before it will ever happen mm -hmm. because 
only for, from your actions will you yield those results. Yeah. So make sure that you mentally accept who you want to become first. As you said, like embody those traits. Find It's a great thing to find someone you look up to, mm-hmm. maybe an artist, um, uh, athlete, or a business person or something. Like, mm-hmm. you know, use the book that you were talking about and use those people's actions to produce similar results and then tailor it to your own thing. Yeah. Because everyone's different. Yeah. But also, you know, but. And then it'll give you a really clear idea of the cost that's involved. Yes. Because like with the high performer, right? Like I want to be a high performer, right? And and uh, I want to be at the top of my industry or whatever. And but then I figured out what it takes to get there. Mm-hmm. And and when you can analyze that, it's a very real thing. And And then you have to battle with like, Oh shit! Do I really want that? You Am know, I willing to pay that. Am price? I willing to pay that? Exactly. Am I willing to pay that price? And and that's a question that has to be answered. Um, and but then it makes it very very clear because you know you're not going to be a hundred percent that bitch if you don't pay that mm-hmm. price. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. And so, man, yeah, that's that. It's a it's a really real thing that. And then the imposter, the other side of that imposter syndrome, is like once you. Once you get into it and once you're doing it, um, the constant mental game of reminding yourself that it's a journey. I mean, you touched on this, but like it will never end. Right. For Tom Brady, it never ends. That guy is never satisfied. His thirst is never quenched. And that's what makes him great. Now, he is in a league of his own. He is probably the most decorated quarterback. I don't know if this is true. I'm sure it is. Like he's It's got to be. He has doubles. He definitely yeah. has the title on that. Okay, so yeah, he is the best that's I think ever player. played. Yeah. I think he's yeah. he's got the most. He's the best that's ever played. Now yeah. there's a real cost to that. I mean, he is dedicated his life is football. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. his complete identity, you know? And like you know, I'm sure he's worked at at other things with his family life and other that. And like, he, he, you have to work on. Once you make that such a huge part of who you are, he's probably you know trying to branch out and do other things or whatever. But there's a real cost there, and there's a reason why he's the best that's ever done it. Yeah, um, he pays that price, dude. And not a lot of people want to pay that price. Not a no. lot of people. It's and crazy. I think, I think too is the reason a lot of people don't want to. It's because they don't believe they can. And you lose all motivation if you don't believe you can. Yeah. And like like you mentioned or alluded to, it never ends. Each year after he wins the Super Bowl, he's got to go through it all again. It could mm-hmm. be, oh, he was one and done. Yeah. Oh, they had a really good team. Oh, they got lucky. Oh, now he's too old. Oh, now th- like it's always going to be something. Mm-hmm. And you have to reprove every year. Yeah what it is so it's not that once he wins the super bowl it's like i'm a super bowl champ and you're like a lot of people you see once they get that they tail off they're done right but if you want to be great you have to continually realize you're just that person you're just that caliber of person yeah that caliber of person is the best way to think about it i love that because again it's that ideal right what do you think of yourself and how do you act on that on a day-to-day basis Mm -hmm. because even for me like as a as a as a father i have to constantly remind myself of what kind of father i have to be and then i have to act accordingly 
because that's a day-to-day thing dude that's a that's every day yeah it's every day like what are you what kind of what kind of father are you going to be to your child what kind of husband are you going to be i've talked about this before i feel like but it's 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 a good it's a good practice man it's a good practice because if you leave it up to chance or if you leave it up to like how you feel that day uh, you are going to be the most inconsistent motherfucker on the street Mm. (laughs) because those emotions are going to dude peaks and valleys bro like you can't everybody has peaks and valleys everybody has those good days everybody has those bad days and if you don't have a very clear idea of the ideal self that you're chasing after then you're relying on how good you feel that day for your performance for for how you're going to show up and uh man that's some just, days it works but that's one in <laughs> yeah. i don't know how many yeah dude it's like i mean we were just talking about this before i went on a i went on a three-day bachelor party lake tahoe right i don't party very much but we party we got down right <laughs> And it took me a while to recover, man. So I had to go autopilot. And I'm not going to lie. I didn't have the best week of my life after that. <laughs> you know, it was probably yeah. like I was down. I was down in the dumps a little bit. But it was because, I, you know, I felt that way physically, emotionally, mentally. I was drained. Um, and I, I, there's a reason I don't do that hardly ever. <laughs> and it's because it's because of the ideal I have for myself. You know, there's, there's other shit that is more important or that I'm trying to accomplish that if, if I mentally, physically, emotionally drain myself like that, there's no way, there's no way I can live up to what I think of myself. So it's fucking huge, man. So I'll tell it out with a couple closing remarks. The first is, you probably have a family member close to you who is hating on who you want to become mm-hmm. and they mean it in uh sometimes i'd say most of the time they mean it with good intentions a lot of the time they are uncomfortable with the idea of it mm-hmm. or they're jealous because you know what you want and are willing to go get it and they don't know what they want or they're too scared to do what it takes or they don't know exactly what it is that you're trying to do right they yeah, they, they may not understand they might think like you're the biggest perpetrator player hater like you know you're fronting right and, and they mm. don't really understand that you're trying to achieve a, a, a level of of a uh, higher being let's call it you know yeah so so you got to hold on to that internally and really do the, the groundwork and realize that it takes time. It takes a long time. And just because it doesn't work out right away uh, does not mean that it's not going to work out for you. And it, it will take years. I mean, mm. Tom Brady spent how many years in college yeah. not being validated? And you think once he gets to NFL, then nope, then he's got every year he's got to fight for his job. Yeah. Well, I mean, you. this is the main point you're bringing up is you can't give a fuck about what people think. You can't. You can't. Like plainly said, right? You just You plainly. just can't. You just can't give a fuck about what people think. You have to know. And, and that's because otherwise your mind will become very noisy. Right. And your definite purpose of what you wanted, you finally, you did all that work. You figured out what you wanted. And then you let all these people's voices come in and ruin it. Well, you can't do that. You have to stay focused on what it is you want. And so I'll end with a quote. 
naturally. Qu- quote Master Flex. Get him. Flex on him. And it comes from my man Socrates. He I says, love that guy. And I, I heard this quote a long time ago, and it took me until understanding imposter syndrome to really understand what it meant. And his quote is, be as you wish to seem. Mm. Simple enough. Be as you wish to seem. Do those actions. Yeah. Become that person. Embody those things. You will not only, I mean, he says seem, but I think it's just an easier way to swallow. That's who you'll become. Right. Right. Nah, that's huge, man. So beware of imposter syndrome. Do you. Do set, you. Set the ideal for yourself and act accordingly. And realize no external validation will ever come mm. and take away all the doubt and stop the grind from being necessary. You will have to continually battle with it. That's why guys say money, once you get a certain amount of money, it's not like, oh, I'm validated, I'm good. Like, if you're seeking validation in that, you will continue seeking it past whatever number. Right. So you have to decide, I'm that person now. I'm 100% that things. bitch. <laughs> Lizzo, <laughs> yes, dude, out are, here. JR. Socrates and Lizzo, like, I don't know, right Can't there. Flex on them any harder than that. Right there, dude. I love that, man. I fucking love that. That was great. That was great. <laughs> So what I want to do today is tell a little bit, uh, a little story um, of one of the things that, um, or one of the events or times in my life where I experienced the most growth uh, and maturity and really kind of just started developing uh, a mind of my own and, and really taking ownership over what I do. And so um, as many of you may know, uh, I, I played football at the University of Oregon. I was a strong safety defensive back um, from 2009 to 2013. I walked on as a preferred walk-on, right? So uh, no scholarship for people who don't know what that means. You, you walk on, they basically, you're paying for your schooling. Um, you you get to be a part of the team, but you're not a scholarship player, Right. And uh, if anybody doesn't know, uh, you're almost, it's kind of, you kind of feel like a second class citizen from the very start. I mean, the guys, the guys are cool. The culture's still there. But like, as far as the dynamics of the team go, it's, it's understood that you are, you are not a scholarship player. Yeah. Right. Even though you're recruited. Yeah. Yeah. It is. You're you're separated into classes for yeah, sure. You're definitely the second class citizen, and and so there's this constant uphill battle of trying to validate yourself. And this is this is this ties in perfectly with what you what you covered. Um. So you know, I get to Oregon as a freshman, 19 years old, 18, 19 years old, and um, I had a defensive back coach by the name of John Neal. And I hope this motherfucker listens to this. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so at the beginning of at the beginning of uh, the season, uh, there was an away game, man, and it was a it was a classic case of being with the wrong people at the wrong time. Um, we got into like this. We we went out as the team was like away, I think, and and it, 
there was just like this altercation because I was I was with a bunch of troublemakers. We were going out. We were 19 years old, whatever. Wait, right. Was this, was this Wendy's? Yeah, this was Wendy's. <laughs> <laughs> this is Wendy's. Yeah. <laughs> So I won't get into the details, man, but let's just oh, say dang. let's just say that it that All it right. that it didn't it didn't paint me in the best light, right? Yeah. And um and so, you know, uh, we got in trouble. Uh, I ended up in Coach Kelly's office and and it was just all bad, man. Like it was just bad decision, poor decision making. Um but as a walk-on, you know, your job is to lay low, work your ass off and 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 get a scholarship. You have significantly less strikes. Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you who's you have golf. a very short leash because you're there to serve a purpose and that's to be like a practice dummy until you prove otherwise. Mm-hmm. Right. And so whatever, I get in trouble. Right. And so I think, I think this, this painted me in a different light to these coaches because they're over here like, man, what the fuck is this guy doing? You know what I mean? Like anyways, you know, it, it was a bad situation all the way around. So I felt like from that, and this is very early on, very early, like one of the first weeks. And so from that point forward, uh, I felt as if Coach Neal uh, made it his job to try to make me quit. And this went on for years. And I'm talking like, like just degrading, like, a hum- like it was abuse verbally and and uh he, he was trying to cut me down every chance he possibly could and he was testing my limits and in retrospect I, I knew what he now I know what he was doing but when I was in it it was hell man because you're waking up every morning at 5 4 30 in the morning getting to practice working your ass off and and trying to accomplish a goal that you had as a young man you know get a scholarship with the division one program you're trying to do these things and then I had coach Neil which I'm sure he wasn't very fond of me after that right and he dude I swear it just felt like his life mission was to break me right Mm -hmm. and I mean we got to the point where like you know just I was like one of the only white dudes as as a as a DB well he thought I was white and then he found out I was Mexican and then the, uh, the rhetoric changed instead of like, instead of shit talking me about how I was a white dude and I'd never make it and this and this and that, which was ironic cause he was a white guy himself. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> then it was like shit talking on how I was a Mexican and you know, I'm not, I'm not ever going to be anything, this and this and that. Like I remember him telling me like, um, you should quit because you're taking somebody's spot on this team. And I was like, fuck, yeah. man, fuck this guy. You know what I mean? Uh, and so this was years, man, years of this, right? Maybe two, two and a half years. And, um, you know, my mentality was like, lay low, just, just keep working, just keep working, just keep working, right? And so um, finally I decided like, no, nah, dude, fuck this. Like, what, what's going on? Like, what... I need to talk to this guy. Like, this is, this is insane. Like, this is affecting 
my life on every on every in every sense you know like I didn't want to go to practice I didn't like football anymore I I wasn't enjoying anything I was doing like film was like the most like horrifying thing to go to because he would just like pick you apart and I mean like dude you sit in film and this guy makes an ass out of you in front of your peers for like mm-hmm. you know five ten minutes you're just like it's not cool man there's a certain point where you're like okay it's past being that coach player dynamic like oh it's past being like oh he's just a hard ass right and so finally um I remember talking to my sister and my my brother-in-law about this and and he was just like why don't why don't you go in that office and like ask him what's up dude like what's up like what it what is this what's going on here because it's been two years of this shit and and I don't understand what I'm doing here I don't understand what you're doing here and I remember that being the scariest fucking thing ever, dude. Like, it was scary as fuck, right? Because I remember my palms sweating, and I, I, I made the decision to go do it, right? And so I, I remember being extremely nervous about it. Um, and so I walk in there, and I I just laid it out. I told him, like, look, I'm here. Like, I know I messed up. I know you have this idea of me. And I know for whatever reason, like, you don't think I belong here, but I fucking I've outlasted every other walk on that's come in and, and try to be a DB for you. I fucking work my ass off every single day. This is my goals like these. Is, this is what I'm trying to do. And unfortunately, like I have to go through you to achieve them. So how the fuck are we going to go about this? Like, tell me what you want from me because I'm done. Like, you're not going to. And then I remember telling them, like you have to stop talking to me like that. Like you really have to stop doing that shit because I'm a grown ass man and I, I can't allow that. You know what I mean? And dude, at that time, everything changed. After that meeting, it was, it wasn't the best. Like it wasn't a, it wasn't a, a 180 degree turn. Right. But it gradually got better. And I think there was because it, it was because there was a certain level of respect that he had given me after that. And so my point in telling the story, and maybe I should have started with this and titled my segment this, but um, the importance of not fearing another man or not fearing somebody else. Because yeah, biblically you're speaking fear man, right? Right, right, biblically, right? So in, in the Bible it says, uh, do not fear those who can kill the body but cannot kill the soul. And so that's been on my mind a lot lately. And I've been thinking, I think about this, I think about that time in my life a lot because what it's done for me, like I hate, I hated Coach Neal, but I, <laughs> I fucking hated him, dude. Like he was literally, he was literally like my biggest like enemy, dude, during that time, right? And, but I got to love him for it too because what it's done for me, um, just in the sense of like my maturity and my confidence uh, has been amazing. It's, it's like it, it's put so many different things into perspective. And it's I can really say that I am who I am and I'm where I am now because of those experiences. And so when I talk about not fearing a man, dude, it's like had I had I had the confidence to confront him sooner I would have been 
in a much better place much faster. And and so for our listeners out there, I guess I want to bring it back home is like you shouldn't put anybody in a position where they have so much power over you. And that's something that I had to learn. So as an 18, 19, 20-year-old man or young man coming into his own, I had to learn that like you don't you don't give anybody that fucking power over you. Right? And it's like it and it was crazy because I had to I had to change the dynamic because growing up, especially as an athlete, you're you're I mean, I was taught like you put your head down, you listen to your coach, that's your authority. Mm, yes and, sir, no sir. Yes, sir, no sir. You do what that's you're it. told and that's it right? That's it. There's no talk back. There's no, you just do what you're told. You put your head down, you shut the fuck up and you do what you're told. But then you hit that point where you're like, wait a minute, I'm a fucking, I'm a fucking grown ass man. And you have to draw the line in the sand as far as like what you're going to allow somebody else to do to you and what you're not going to allow. And that was a huge realization for me. So when I walked into that office, that was me drawing the line, right? And and I stopped putting him on a pedestal, right? And I think you get to a point in your life where you can't put people in a position of authority on a pedestal like that. And it, you know, it's a lot of like self worth, and you gotta you gotta understand like you have to respect yourself and and not let other people disrespect you in certain ways that are unacceptable because there's always that dynamic that authority dynamic power dynamic that you got to respect but like this shit had gone too far right and so well let me let me make a comment too you've mentioned it before but uh, JR likes to be <laughs> kind of roughed up he yeah. likes to he likes to be treated in that manner and not in that manner. I mean, in the sense that like when someone's hard on him and demands a lot of him and yells at him and is kind of aggressive, Challenge, challenges well me to that. Yeah, 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 and challenges him. So it's not that he was sensitive and just didn't like someone being rough on him. Yeah, this was different. You, you know, it's different. It's different. Yeah, there was and, a there was yeah, it was different. So you understood the power dynamic, but we kind of see it in a lot of people's lives, anyways. It's like your parents don't know you you you're raised to a certain point you become an adult and that transition's really hard and weird mm. of becoming more like peers and they kind of want to take that power dynamic and continue with it or your boss or uh older you know siblings to younger siblings or uh institutions like churches and things they'll take it to a certain point but once you start to realize like hey i this isn't right i was a kid but now i'm a man or a full grown i'm a woman let's uh let's change this up a bit yeah yeah that's a good point like a, a big a big exa example i think a lot of people could resonate with is is the dynamic that changes with your parents mm -hmm. and that wasn't a big deal for me because I, I left home for college right so like that was i was kind of eased into that already it was it was easy for me to create that different dynamic because i wasn't home but for a lot of people who stay home I've realized it's the same thing where they have like parents who still think they have dominion over their like 25 year old child or grown adult, you know? And it's like, yeah, yeah man. So coming into your own and just, and just knowing when to draw that line. And, and this is what it's done for me is that after dealing with that. And I mean, this was like stressful in so many ways on me 
dealing with this this guy, right? Yeah, you um, told the story in ten minutes, but two years of every day, yeah, half the day, if not more, because he's demanding mental energy and attention. Yeah, I mean, and this is it's like a long time. This is somebody trying to make you feel like you don't belong, right? This is somebody trying to break you uh, in every sense of the word, and so, um, what that's done for me now, though, is is exactly like what the with the biblical definition of not fearing a man who can kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. And it's like, there's a, there's a certain level of, uh, respect that I demand of other people now more so than ever, because I'm going to give you that respect as well. But it's, but what it's done for me is like, I guess the clearest example of, 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 how it's kind of helped me in, in my professional life is like, I don't put other people on pedestals anymore. Like, and I think that's why I have the ability to walk into companies and talk to their CEOs and to their presidents and be well received because mm. I understand the power dynamic and I respect it. And obviously, you know, I'm going to treat it as such, but there's a certain level of confidence that comes with, you're just another fucking guy. You put your pants on one leg at a time, just like I do. Yeah. Like there's like we wake up the same fucking way, dude. You know what I mean? And there was uh, that realization has been so empowering because, again, you don't give anybody power over you. Right. And and it, it's been huge, man. It's been huge because it it frees you up to act. To act differently, to act as if you deserve anything that you're chasing after and uh no man it's just it's been huge so I thought it was it's been on my mind lately and like I said it frequently comes into my mind especially when I'm feeling like grateful and blessed and 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 things are going well but uh, I think this last week it was it was perfect because you know I'm uh just landed a couple meetings with some presidents and CEOs of some some major firms that we're going after and it's like there's other people in my company that shy away from that grown ass men who get nervous, palm sweaty, uh, start, start, oh, <laughs> Nar- yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. knees weak arms, right, dude. Like, and it's because they've never, they've never had to face that. And it, and it's a, it's a lesson. It's a life lesson that I'm so grateful for having, uh, having learned and having gone through. Like I said, I hate that motherfucker, but I also love him. <laughs> Like I, I do, dude. Like, yeah. you know what I mean. Nobody, nobody has ever like mentally stressed me, emotionally stressed the way that fucking dude had it did. Um, but I do. I fucking love him. I'll give him a hug if I see him, and then tell him he's a motherfucking piece of shit. But mm-hmm. you know what I mean. Like, I love him too. You know. So if he if he hears this, I want him to know that. Um, but yeah, man, it's like, don't put don't put people on a pedestal. Don't give people power over you. Um to that degree, like never give somebody power over you to any degree. Actually, it's just, just respect the power dynamic. If somebody's in a higher position than you, that's fine. Right. I, I'll, I understand that. I realize that there's certain respect that's given there, but on a man to man basis, like I'm not giving you any more than I, than then, than that. That's where you draw the line. You know what I mean? Like, and to this day, I have customers that want to pop off on me and 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 like treat me like they treat all their other reps and shit and i like there's been several times where i've had to tell motherfuckers like yo listen i'm gonna hang up on you right now i'm gonna call you back when you're done acting like a little bitch then we can talk (laughs) 
And I swear to you, I've said those words. And those guys are probably one of my best clients and my, my, my better friends in the industry. And there's a respect awesome. there, dude. So, yeah, that's uh, fear no man. Fear that, no man. Fear no be man. Be willing to have those difficult conversations mm. and not be afraid of losing whatever. Because you could have thought in your mind, like, dude, I might get kicked off the team. Right. He might cut me right here, right now. Or with the, the customers or, you know, the, your clients you're talking about, it's like they might, I might lose their business forever if mm -hmm. I say this. Mm -hmm. If you always think, you always think worst case scenario, we naturally do because right. we're trying to mitigate damage. Right. But then all that does is it takes two years before you're so fed up that you finally do it. So like you're saying, don't put them on a pedestal and decide now yeah. and have those difficult conversations with whomever it is. Yeah be willing to have that difficult conversation and your life will dramatically improve for the better. Absolutely. And I think it's just a question of having that respect for yourself and not letting anybody, not letting anybody, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, dude, violate that, you know? Yeah. Um, and that's what it comes down to. Cause there's, there's, there's only so far. And again, like, I'm not saying you gotta be a dick to everybody who challenges you. Cause that's not it either. It's just like, you have to draw the line in the sand at one point or another. I take heat from people all the time. That's my job. That's what I get paid to do is like when my company fucks up, I'm the face of it. And so I catch a lot of heat. Do I pop off at everybody? No, but there's a certain point where like, I'm not going to let somebody talk to me as if I'm a second class citizen. You know what I mean? And, and yeah. so you got to figure out where that's at and you, and, and that self-respect and, and really, hold to it because um it's your greatest it's your greatest asset at the end of the day like nobody wants to work with the pushover everybody will respect somebody who stands up for themselves like um as a man you need to learn how to communicate and and have those hard conversations and, and that's why communication like if you're not good at it work on it work on it because if you can't communicate how you're feeling or what you want or what you're requiring of other people, it's going to be a really hard road. Like you're going to let, I feel like people who can't communicate get taken advantage of because they don't know how to express yeah. either, either what they want or, or how they want to be treated. Nor do they have the courage because you feel like your hands are tied. Yeah. You feel like there's, you know, you just, I can't do it. You feel stuck. Yeah. Yeah. So fear no man. Fear nobody who can uh, who can kill the body but cannot kill the soul, and nobody should be able to kill your soul. And and so I think that's why that line has always resonated with me, because um, that motherfucker was trying to kill my soul. You know what I mean? <laughs> so fear no man. That's what it is. Beautiful man. Thank you, bro. Thank you for sharing. Absolutely, that was good. I liked it. The first time I shared that in that depth. So that's yeah. cool. I've never heard it in that depth. Yeah. Just little little bits and pieces. Yeah. Good company, man. So that's what it's about. Um, if you guys have any questions, comments, concerns, hit us up on IG. We've been getting a lot of questions in. We've been getting uh we've been getting a lot of great feedback, man. So go ahead and uh go ahead and subscribe. Hit that subscribe button. Smash the subscribe button. Get, smash that. I heard someone say it. I wanted to say it. Yeah. Smash the subscribe button. Smash bam. You know what I mean? And smash the five star sma reviews. Smash them five stars. And uh yeah, man. Yeah. We love it. 
Thank you for all the support. Subscribe, follow us on Instagram, IG, what it is, what it do. Links in the show notes. Check them out. And uh, Coach Neil, fucking hates you, dude. But I love <laughs> you, bro. I love you, man. So, uh, yeah, man. Good company. Out. Out.